Something I personally never did was go to summer camp. It just never really appealed to me. But it seems that some people have great times there, and others not so much. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories from summer camps. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true summer camp horror stories. Last summer, I was a camp counselor. I live in Northern California, and everyone who has explored the forest knows just how beautiful they can be. I'll start with saying that since the age of nine, I have been a camper at this summer camp. It was this summer that I decided to work there, a little layout of the camp. It was roughly a two-hour ride on a school bus filled with rowdy children. Nonetheless, it was great. When you drive into the little roundabout to unload the bus, you were facing this huge welcome sign. To the right was this large, two-story, part recreational, part educational building. As you walk forward, you see a bathhouse, a campfire, the other bathhouse, cabins, and tent city. Past tent city, in the lower bathhouse, there's a long dirt road that leads to the amphitheater, then a large barn that stored the water equipment, then the lake. This story happened in the middle of the night. One night, I was sleeping in my hammock I had set up outside the tent. My campers were all fast asleep, and it was finally time where staff could lay down, check our phones, and get some peace and quiet. I'd been with some other counselors prior, just sitting on a bed outside a tent, but we decided it was time to get some sleep. So, at this point, I was in my hammock. I had just put down my phone ready to sleep. A few minutes pass and I'm finally almost sleeping, but then it hits me. Everyone's worst fear, being comfy and in a nice little warm spot, then getting the urge to pee. Yup, I had to go to the bathroom, which was a fair walk away. I moodily got up, slipped on some shoes, and turned my phone on for the flashlight. I felt comfortable walking in the dark, as I had grown up on these trails and pathways. I felt more comfortable here than any other wooded location. I was walking as I heard a rustle. I thought nothing of it, probably just another person heading to the bathhouse, maybe someone just moving in their bed. But then I heard it again, only it was faster, then more rustling. I was surrounded by tents filled with campers. There were counselors, campers, you name it, all sleeping around. I felt secure. Nothing could happen, right? Well, I was wrong. I felt a small gust of wind behind me and I froze. The rustling now was on the other side of me. I started speed walking and made my way to the bathhouse. I quickly went in, did my business and left. I looked around before leaving. Now, the female side of the bathhouse is on the front side. So as you're leaving, you can't see down the road for the lake for a few seconds. So... I looked around towards the other side and saw nothing. Satisfied, I quickly headed back to my hammock. What I saw next terrified me. I glanced down the road. To my horror, I saw a figure. 
It looked like a person. Maybe a young boy almost on all fours. Like his hands and feet were on the ground, but the knees weren't. The only lights were on the bathhouse, and there was just enough illumination to see this little figure. Then another figure appeared from behind the brush. I figured it was a couple of campers messing around with me. Let's be honest. Nine to twelve-year-old boys in the woods, supervision, asleep, they and even the girls like to do some random stuff. I quietly said, Hey, and told them to go back to their tent. They just stayed still and stared. I just took a step toward them and said it again, a little firmer. Come on, it's time for bed. Let's get you going, boys. Back to your tent. I took another step forward, and the first boy growled. Not a child pretending to growl. It sounded like a demonic snarl. I stepped back, unsure of what to do. I don't know why I didn't do this earlier, but I shined my phone's light, and what I saw scared the crap out of me. These were not campers. Both creatures, or whatever they were, were wearing shredded clothing, and their skin was dirty, and in a way, looked as if it were burned. Maybe it was just the lighting, but I swear their eyes were practically non-existent. It almost looked as if they were just sockets, no eyes to be seen. They stayed still and had fallen silent. The closest tent to me was occupied by my boyfriend at the time. We'll call him Jacob. I whispered his name, not taking my eyes off these creatures. I said it again a little louder and out of nowhere these things took off, running in some sort of bear crawl. They disappeared down the road and I quickly walked back to my tent. I got in my sleeping bag on my hammock and pulled it over my face. I stayed there and waited for morning to come. I never saw before or since, and I hope I never do again. When I was 12, I attended summer camp to learn how to ride horses. We were going to be away from our parents for four or five nights. I was excited because I always wanted to learn how to ride a horse due to my love for animals. But I also was nervous about being away from my family and being around strangers for that long. Most of it was amazing and everything I dreamed of. However, the one night labeled Sleep Under the Stars is an experience that I don't think I'll ever forget. That night, we had to leave our bunks and go outside to sleep in tents. I hated tents, but everyone else was doing it so I figured I'd play along. There were a lot of activities that took place before bed. We sat by a campfire, made s'mores, and told stories. When it came time for bed, it was four of us to attend, and I could already tell it wasn't going to be fun and I was not going to get much sleep. I just could not get comfortable and was wishing it was morning. The other people in my tent seemed to pass out almost immediately, which left me sitting there trying to count sheep in the dark. There were a lot of tents in a small area since everyone in the camp was sleeping outside for one night. I was starting to get a little drowsy when I hear what sounded like footsteps outside of the tent. I was right near the mesh window of the tent because I tended to get hot and was hoping the cool breeze would help me sleep. The footsteps then got louder, but I tried to ignore them, presuming it was a counselor or one of the camp leaders. But then I felt a presence right over my tent. It was like someone was kneeling right outside the mesh window. 
I gathered the courage to look outside, and there was something out there. I didn't look long enough to see what it was, but there was definitely something there. It was silent at first, but then I heard whispering, just mumbling and whispering for minutes and minutes without break. I couldn't really make out the words because it was so soft, but I could hear something. I thought I could hear the words, Savior, Sacrifice, Wept. I felt like I heard the words wept a lot, but like I said, I couldn't really make it out. Every so often, it would stop, and I would peek my head out of the sleeping bag to check and see if someone was there. The figure was always still there, right outside the mesh window. On and off, I could hear the whispering and mumbling all night. I tried several times to kick or punch someone in my tent to wake them up, but it never worked. Eventually, during one of the moments of silence, I must have dozed off. As scared as I was, I have no clue how I was able to fall asleep or even even get any sort of sleep, even if it was briefly. I checked the window again, and there was nothing there. About five minutes later, I heard a loud shriek and a gust of wind. When I woke up the next morning, I asked everyone if they heard or experienced anything like I did that night. No one apparently saw or heard anything other than me. I know I wasn't asleep, and that I absolutely saw and heard things that night. I don't want to say it wasn't human, because nothing gave me that idea. But what type of person would have knelt by our tent and mumbled under their breath the entire night? As scared as I was at the time, I'm glad I never had another experience like that again. This story happened to me when I was 15 years old, when I was a staff member at my summer camp in upstate New York. The end of summer camp is always a large celebration. We take advantage of no campers being on the property to live it up for the last night of camp. The last is always one of joyous melancholy, where you simultaneously have a blast drinking with your best friends in the world, but you also know you're about to barely see any of them for another year. During the summer, we replaced many buildings in one of our subcamps, including the main camp's office building. The last night of camp, we made the biggest bonfire I've ever seen out of rubble from the office building. The fire was spread across the turnaround point in the center of the camp. You couldn't get within 25 feet of the thing without feeling like your clothes would spontaneously burst into flames. The night was fun for the first few hours. People were laughing and drinking, and taking pictures posing in front of the huge bonfire. It was one of the rare times the three subcamps got together and socialized with one another. I was hanging out with some friends from the other main subcamp. I was from the smaller subcamp towards the front end of the property, probably a little over a mile away from where we are now. I was offered my first end of summer victory cigar, which we smoked happily as we stretched out on the ground. The summer night was cool, and it made for a perfect complement to the roaring blaze that burned before us. As the clocks turned to midnight, the staff from my camp was preparing to go. Calls of, to the bus, ripped through the air, and all around, me and my fellow staff got up to leave. However, the guys I was hanging out with asked me to come back to a campfire with them for a while, before going back to camp. Having never really having the chance to hang out with these guys during the summer normally, I pleaded and eventually convinced my program director to let me stay for a little bit longer, and I would walk back on my own. 
It took a bit of convincing, but eventually he agreed. The second campfire I went to was a lot of fun, but the only important part that happened was at the end. I was pulling on my sweatshirt to start my walk back when one of my friends, we'll call him Dan, put a hand on my shoulder. Hey man, he said slowly, you sure you don't want to stay here tonight? I shook my head. It's not a long walk. I know, but... He trailed off into silence. He sounded kind of scared, so I turned back around. I was shocked to see worried faces staring back into me. Their features, exaggerated by the light of the flames, licking the air around them. I asked them what was wrong. They explained to me that there were strange things happening to people on the road at night, especially when they were alone. Tales of ghostly figures seen shimmering on the glass surface of the lake, strange whispering in their ears, footsteps of somebody who was walking directly behind them, but would stop whenever they stopped, and vanished when they turned around. As they told me these tales, I felt a chill run down my spine, and an increasingly large part of me suddenly wanted to stay there and go back to my camp in the morning. Then it hit me. I was first-year staff. It was commonplace for older staff to pull pranks on the younger first-years, and scaring the wits out of me was definitely part of those pranks. Or, at least I thought so anyway. Ha ha, I see what you're doing, I said, smiling. The feelings of fear drained out of my body as quickly as they had come but you're not going to scare me that easy. They protested, insisting they were not joking. I was impressed at the levels they were willing to go to trick me. But at that point, I wasn't going to stay. I wish I had listened to them, though. The camp road was a thin stretch of a groomed gray gravel path. The silvery gray of the road almost seemed to glow in the moonlight, in contrast to the darkness of the gnarled forest on either side. To my left, the forest rose into one of the mountains that surrounded our camp, and to the right, it dropped off a slight cliff into a patch of thick woods and swamp. The walk started off simple enough. I passed the sign to the archery range on my left, the first sign I was leaving the main camp area. Next came the camp turnaround where the fire would have been. There were still a few stragglers by the now mostly smoking mountain of wood, making sure all traces of it went out before they went to bed. I waved at them as I passed, but I'm not even sure if they saw me. I didn't use a flashlight when I walked around camp normally. I preferred to let my eyes adjust to the darkness. I walked past the turnaround, the road bent to my left. The last vestiges of light were lost behind me to the endless inky black of the woods. Pretty much as soon as I left the office fire behind, things started to get strange. Try as I might, I couldn't get out of my head the stories my friends were telling me about the camp road at night. The one that was particularly getting to me was the silent stalker. The spirit who would match your footsteps exactly. If you walked, he walked. If you stopped, he would stop. If you turned around to face him, he would be behind you in the opposite direction. And if you ran, he would chase you. As I thought about the silent stalker, I could hear a second pair of footsteps behind me. They were close. So close to me that they would be breathing down my neck. My body tensed and I fought to keep my growing fear down. The night was oddly silent. The normal creatures of the night had apparently vanished into thin air, replacing the sound of the woods with an eerie silence 
that was so thick you could cut it. I picked up my pace, and my follower picked up the pace behind me. Somehow, as close as the footsteps had seemed before, they were even closer now. Any second, I would be snatched and pulled into the forest by some unspeakable horror. Despite myself, I whirled around. There was no one there. Just the creepy, pearly glow of the road stretched out before me. Very funny, Dan, I called out, my voice echoing off the mountain to my right. Very funny, echoes off the mountain. That's all those footsteps are, just echoes off the mountain. Even though I knew it was a lie, it made me feel marginally better. At the same time, I decided the silent stalker would have to jog to stay with me. As I jogged, a lakeside of the road came up to my right. This made me feel slightly better, as the openness of the lake provided a good deal light from the moon. It also meant that I was more than halfway back to my camp. So close to my bed, and my friends, and away from this creepy dark road, I continued back to my camp. But, I was still hearing my stalker behind me. I was doing my best to ignore him. But then something changed. The footsteps behind me vanished, and instead I heard the crunching of dead leaves to my left. Refusing to turn towards the sound, I kept my jog as heavy footfalls in the woods to my left continued to pace with me. It was an animal. It was an echo. It was somebody trying to scare me. Every excuse in the book that would prevent me from facing the truth was whirling around my mind at once. Screw jogging. I started to sprint now. The thing in the woods kept pace with me, running and running. I couldn't outrun it. It was going to get me, whatever it, it even was. As I sprinted, despite my mind screaming to the contrary, I whipped the flashlight out from my pocket and pointed it towards the woods on my left. There, larger than life, was a man. Or, at least what looked like a man. To this day, I'm not sure. He was clad in a red and black flannel and blue jeans. His torso was faced completely towards me as his huge arms swung from side to side like a large pendulum as he ran alongside me. His face was... It was all wrong. It was splotchy like it was melting. There were no discernible features, no eyes, no nose or lips or anything. But the second I investigated its face, my blood turned to ice. My limbs suddenly failed me and turned to jelly. My knees buckled and I collapsed onto the road, flashlight spinning out of my hand, skidding across the road in front of me. I groaned in pain. I rolled over and felt warm blood from my knees and legs in my hands. Slowly, I staggered back to my feet, wincing the pain in my knees. It was at this moment, I felt a slight breeze. The next second, I realized I could hear the forest again. The chirping of crickets, the croaking of frogs, the hooting of owls. I didn't even realize how quiet the woods had been without these sounds. I scooped up my fallen flashlight and shone it into the woods. The man, or whatever that thing was, had vanished. I asked my friends from the campfire the night before if they had been playing a trick on me. They swore up and down they did not, and they still swear to this day. I discovered many more secrets of the camp over the years I was staffed there but I don't think I will ever know exactly what I saw out in the woods that night.
I live in Burlington, Ontario, a nice lakeside city near Toronto. This story happened to me during a school trip when I was in 8th grade. It was like a summer camp thing. We were in elementary school, which was kind of like a Catholic school. Everyone in grade 8 would get to go on two trips as part of their final year at the school. One trip took place in, I believe, fall. It was usually a religious camping trip that took place about 40 minutes out of the city. By religious, I mean everyone had to participate in group activities that revolved around being a good Christian and teamwork, etc. This, of course, completely sucked as this camp was little more than just a religion class stretched into three days. The second school trip always took place in the spring and was usually a trip to Ottawa for the weekend, where we would explore the city and visit museums. For some reason, it was decided my year we would take another camping trip instead of going to the city. We would go about four hours away to the Algonquin Provincial Park. The camp was on one of the many lakes in the park and was set up like your typical summer camp. Cabins were spread out near the lake and partially in the forest. There were also bathrooms and a mess hall in separate buildings. Also, just to explain, if you don't know what a provincial park is, it's very much like a state or a national park in the United States. As you would guess, boys and girls shared separate cabins. The girls' cabins were built on supports above the ground and were the ones closer to the lake. Our cabins were almost in the forest and built on the ground along a gravel road. I shared a larger cabin with about four other guys. Although our cabin was the largest, it was probably the least comforting. While the other cabins had actual windows and doors that would fully close and lock, our cabin looked like it was built from balsa wood, only had thin bug screens for windows and a door that would not close. I should also point out that I had no experience with actual camping, as my family actually hates it, so this was a bad first impression. This is where the creepy story begins. On the first evening, we were all gathered outside the mess hall for a fun night activity. The camp counselors told us about a hermit that lived nearby in the woods. The activity was that they were going to take us to the dark woods in groups to see where this hermit lived. This kind of caught us by surprise as it was quite random, but intriguing at the same time. As you would expect, everyone was pretty much screaming as we were led deeper into the woods with only our flashlights looking for this hermit's house. When we finally came across this house, which was little more than just a huge log with a makeshift bed, we were led back to the camp. Although my group didn't see anything, other people started talking about seeing someone creep around the dark woods. Someone in my cabin even said they saw blue glowing eyes in the darkness. I shrugged it off thinking the whole hermit story was made up by the camp to scare us. The person in the woods was just a counselor. Sometime in the middle of the night, I woke up to the sound of someone sprinting down the gravel road that ran to our cabin. At first, I was startled and a little creeped out, but then I thought it might have been just an animal. That was until I started hearing the gravel crunch around our cabin. It was very soft, but a person. I was suddenly terrified. My bed was right beside the door and it did not lock. An animal could have easily pushed the door open on its own and walked inside if it wanted to. There was also nothing covering the screens, 
so the person outside could easily see in. I was ready to scream as loud as possible if someone entered the cabin. I had my eyes locked on the door, anticipating seeing it slowly open, but it never did. The sound outside slowly disappeared into the woods. Immediately, I thought it must have been the hermit. I ruled out the possibility of it being a counselor or a teacher because it was at least three in the morning, which was an odd time to check on students. Surprisingly, I was able to fall asleep a short while after. The only interesting part of the camp trip, unfortunately, was this part. The rest of the trip was dreadful. It rained non-stop for the remaining days and people from my class caught the flu from another school that was sharing the camp with us, so the bus was partially quarantined on the way back home. As time passed, I almost forgot about the creepy encounter, giving it to the possibility that it was just a counselor checking in on us. The story doesn't end there, though. The following year, it was my younger sister's turn to go on the same 8th grade camping trip. Just like for my class, she also had to go into the weird hermit expedition during the first night. Although she initially thought nothing of it, during one of the other days, she and a few of her friends were exploring the woods along the lake. She described seeing a small hermit-like person sitting on a log in the distance. I know this isn't the creepiest summer camp story to ever be told, but it creeps me out knowing that that hermit was actually real, and this camp that I thought was fun and was leading a bunch of children to this random guy's house in the middle of the woods was not so fun. I was 12 years old at summer camp. I am now 27. I woke up during the middle of the night. This is already weird because I really never do this. I saw three shadow people entering the room. I've never heard about them back then. They came from the door though I don't remember if they had to open it or if they just walked through it. It felt like one of them was evil, but the other two were just looking around like they were more curious than bad. The evil one was just standing at the door while the others were exploring the room. One of them even climbed on the bunk bed in front of me. He sat on the bed. I don't remember if he looked at the little girl sleeping on the other bed or if he just wanted a place to sit. I thought that I must be hallucinating because I was in a big, dark room, and it wasn't unusual for me to imagine moving shapes in the dark. I thought it was weird though, because my usual hallucinations were not so detailed, and there was no vibe attached to them. But, it was the only explanation. The shadow people eventually left the room and I went back to sleep. The morning after, we were eating breakfast and I kept what I saw during the night to myself since I was convinced that I imagined all of it. But then the girl whose bed was facing mine said she saw weird shadows in the room, and that one even climbed on her bed. My heart skipped a beat, to be honest. It felt like I was in a movie, or in another world entirely. That happened 15 years ago, and I've never seen anything like that again. A few years ago, I did some research about the place where the camp was set. I found out that it used to be a palliative care center, and I'm not really surprised. The place was huge. It can't be a coincidence that a lot of people died in there. To be honest, I tried researching it again to give you the sauce, but I couldn't find too much more. If you're curious, I can give you the information if you want to research on it. But I do think you'd have to be able to speak French. Owned by a comedian, Patrick LeBay. The camp was closed probably about 10 years ago, though. 
I think it was situated around Quebec City. I think it was... Uh, Levi, maybe. I'm from Montreal, so I don't know the area super well. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true summer camp horror stories. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the channel. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story tonight was your favorite. I honestly don't know if I can pick one. I think they were all so unique and interesting. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating as that helps me out a ton over there. If you guys would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing to us on YouTube, or giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. Come join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.